Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. It's Friday, and tonight we're talking about how Congressman Hakeem Jeffries is making history, why Donald Trump is facing backlash again, the update to the tragic story of Shanquilla Robinson's death, and the surprising thing a bride had in store for her husband after waiting 15 years to walk down the aisle. It's time for what had happened was this week, a round of political and trending highlights. Let's get down to business. Please welcome my Friday co-host, activist and radio personality, Dominique Deprima is with us. Hi, Dominique. Hi, Tammy, point of privilege here. I have to congratulate you on being voted best radio personality by the Los Angeles Times, the paper of record. It's a really big deal, and I'm just so proud of you. Um, I definitely vote for you, too. Best radio personality, Tammy Mack. Thank you so much, uh, my colleague in radio, my sister in radio. I appreciate that love. Political analyst Ed Sanders is here. Hi, Ed. Congratulations on the honor. Well-deserved. Thank you. Comedian and filmmaker Alicia Cooper is with us today to bring a little laughter to this political week. Hey, Terry, man, just trying to get to your level at some point. <laughs> reach high, reach high, sis, reach high. The president and founder of Oleka Management Consulting, Dr. O.J. Oleka, is with us today. Hi, Dr. O.J. Hey, Terry, Matt, congratulations on the reward. Thank you so much. So Wednesday, the House Democrats elected New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries as their new leader after Nancy Pelosi announced her retirement from House leadership after nearly two decades. Jeffries will be the first Black American to lead a major political party in Congress. He served as the lead sponsor on 2018's First Step Act bill, the most significant criminal justice reform to pass Congress in years, and he's also known for bringing different groups together, something we definitely need in Congress today. But how successful with the climate we're in do you think his role will be. How successful will Jeffries be, Ed? I just think he's going to be really successful. I, you know, I, th I don't think he's going to be a short-term leader in the House. I think he's going to be the Democratic leader in the House for quite some time. In the immediate, he's got to uh, provide that counter to McCarthy and the Republicans, right? What we know about the Republicans in the House is they're going to try to investigate this, they're going to investigate that, you know, peer under all these different things. What I think he's got to do is find the voice of the working families across this country, get the party back to speaking about those kitchen table issues, speaking about the economy, speaking about health care, speaking about education, all the things that the Democrats are stronger than the Republicans are once you hear a plan. I think what you'll, the, you know, he will stand in opposition to McCarthy's sort of obstruction to uh, President Biden's agenda. So looking forward to it. Dr. Oleka, how successful will Jeffries be? Well, I think that Jeffries is going to behave like a typical liberal Democrat. That is who he is. He's from Brooklyn. Uh, people out in the rest of the country, outside of the coast, uh, don't really appreciate when you have the liberal elites, whether it's from Nancy Pelosi, San Francisco, or Hakeem Jeffries, Brooklyn, telling them what to do. So I hope Ed is correct that he is a leader for a long, long time. This would be good for Republicans. Now, the challenge he will have is his flank on the left. Uh, those folks like AOC, different members of the squad, they want to take the party in a direction that most of the country doesn't want to go. He's going to have to pacify them, and he won't have the decades-long leadership uh, that Nancy Pelosi has had. So we'll see how he's able to handle uh, his left-hand flank. Look, Nancy Pelosi was sick of them. She was just sick of them anyway. Probably one of the reasons she said, I'm done with this. Uh, Dominique, how do we feel? Yeah, Jeffries is well prepared for the role. He has been training 
for it. He has been waiting patiently in the wings. He's made all the right moves. He will be very successful. I do think it's important to note that while he starts at a time when Republicans are taking control of Congress, meaning he'll be the minority leader, it won't be long before Hakeem Jeffries will be the first African-American Speaker of the House. And I think he'll do an amazing job because part of the role of the Speaker is not just messaging. It's also about bringing the party together, getting those votes uh, in alignment, as, as we saw Nancy Pelosi do. And I think, you know, to OJ's point, he's flanked on the, on the left and on the right. Um, but the Democrats certainly seem to be a lot more united right now than the Republicans are uh, with their far-right extremist wing kind of uh, holding hostage the, uh, the leadership of their party. So I think we, we started out with a united vote, a unanimous vote, and I think it's a good sign. He's well-prepared, and I, I imagine he'll do an excellent job over a long period of time. Alicia, how you liking Jeffries? I'm liking him a lot. I mean, I, I, his position is unenviable. They, you couldn't pay me enough to take that job, but he is the right man for the moment. And I've liked the name Hakeem since coming to America. You know, it has some gravitas <laughs> to it. So let's go get it. <laughs> Especially when you put the accent on it. Hakeem. 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 Yes. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. So um, former President Donald Trump. Oh, Lord, he's being slammed yet again, y'all, for meeting with Ye and white nationalist Nick Fuentes at his Mar-a-Lago resort. Uh, does their meeting validate an already established truth concerning Trump's willingness to associate with uh, anti-Semites for his own gains? And how will um, this impact his chances in the 2024 presidential election? I mean, is this much to do about nothing here. Look, Trump said, I invited Ye. I didn't invite nobody else. He brought his entourage with him. So what what are, what are we thinking on this, Dr. Oleka? Well, obviously, anti-Semitism is wrong. Meeting with anti-Semites is bad. I think this is something that Republicans will certainly work out uh, within a Republican primary. I know that everybody's talking about uh, Trump's meeting with him, but I want to take this in a different direction. If you are a supporter of the former president, you've got to be concerned that he's got people meeting with him face to face that he didn't know was going to be in the meeting. It's a question of staff. I have been a staffer for an elected official before. You've got to check these people, not just because of who they are and their reputation, but you don't know if they're dangerous or not. So to me, that was a different level of concern. Obviously, anti-Semitism uh, is wrong. You shouldn't meet with anti-Semites in any case. We'll work it out in the Republican primary, but you've got to be concerned about the staff and how they handled him meeting with somebody who he didn't know was going to be there anyway. Or did he know? I mean, obviously, the former president is lying. It's not his first time lying. We can verify that. I mean, he, it's not just staff. He has Secret Service protection. He is a former president. You just can't walk up and go, knock, knock. Dominique, I'm with Kanye. That's not how it works. He's lying. He knew the guy was coming. He knows who he is. I don't care how many times he says he don't know who David Duke and Nick are. He clearly knows who they are. And not only is he meeting with anti-Semites, he is an anti-Semite. So, you know, he's meeting with himself every day. My question is, will the former president be unbanked uh, like uh, Kanye West was? It? Uh, Dominique just asked what is probably the most important question there. I, I think, you know, the this conversation is an outgrowth of the Kanye West, uh, uh, you know, news. This is an outgrowth of the conversation with Kyrie. Uh, when you start to think about Trump, you know, th there's nothing new here. Uh, you know, this is a guy that has supported white nationalists in the past. Um, you know, his, his support of the folks in Virginia, I think, what was the comment? There's fine people on both sides. Uh, this isn't new for Trump. Much like the, the, what Kanye said, right? Hey, every, everybody has good in them. Yeah, but, you know, when we're talking about this country and we're talking about, you know, the melting pot that is the United States, I think as a country, we have been trying to build a country that accepts people for religious differences and certainly for racial differences. And what Trump has tried to do is is stoke a real white nationalist vein within this country, and he continues to do it. Uh, this stunt with, with Kanye, I, I'm not altogether sure it wasn't planned by both of them. 
um, all three of them, frankly. Um, but in the end game, you know, I think Trump's base is Trump's base. It's still incumbent on everyone else to make a decision about him. And, you know, last time around, I think, what did he get? Something like 70 million votes. So we'll see where his popularity still remains. Um, I'm I'm confused about your suggestion there, Ed. Why would the three of them plan it? What is the benefit to that? Well, he stays in the news. I mean, you know, for Trump, I, I think anytime he's in the headlines, it's a good thing for him. Um, or at least he views it that way. Uh, you know, he's he has been the consummate pitchman uh, around the Trump brand. And, you know, if he could step into any foray and make his make his point, I, you know, for him, I think he's going to try to do it. Uh, you know, there really was no reason for him to take a meeting with Kanye West. I mean, if you think about it, you know, why why meet with Kanye? Um, the only reason to do it is to put your name in the press. Yeah, there really was no reason, uh, Dr. Oleka. I did question that. What would be the reason? Is it just because former presidents meet with people? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, former presidents do meet with people. Look, Kanye West, or yay as he's calling himself now, has a vast following. He has announced that he is also running for president in 2024. If you are President Trump, who has also announced his candidacy, you meet with some competitors early, maybe to get them out of the way. Perhaps that was the intention. Also, Yay, his campaign manager has said publicly that he tried to set this meeting up as a way to entrap the president. So again, I go back to what I was saying before. This is a question of staff. Uh, they could have worked this out better, uh, both for uh, the former president and uh, the meeting itself. What about what Dominique said? He does have secret service. That is his privilege as a former president. So is it really just about staff here, Dr. Oleka? Well, again, you'd have to look at whatever the Secret Service protocol is. I don't know what that is to speak to it. But I know as a former staffer, if you see somebody coming into the meeting that you are staffing the president with and you didn't know they were going to be there, you've got an obligation to figure out who that person was. So, again, I don't know who those people are making those decisions, but that's something that's got to be figured out for sure. A question here, as a former staffer, as a former staff staffer, um, Dr. Oleka, do you have an obligation to tell the president who that person is? I think if you are aware, you certainly have an obligation to let the president know. But again, these meetings, and I'm not trying to dodge here, these meetings go at a different pace based on who's in the room. Kanye West seems to be a very big personality. Perhaps he walked in, there was a, another guy following, and, and the staff didn't know until it was too late, didn't want to interrupt the president. These things happen at different levels. But again, I think from the beginning, there's got to be a conversation about who the president is meeting with, not only for the reputational aspect politically, but for safety. If you don't know who somebody is, they could be there to do harm. Right. But you I said, would say this as well. Said, like it, at Mar-a-Lago, it's not like he's in the White House where, you know what I mean, you know, there's staff prepping everything. Mar-a-Lago, I think he keeps a really casual sort of come down, you know, stay, we'll get together and talk. He has I, a I secret service detail. I interviewed Senator Hillary Clinton, who is also a former first lady, and the vetting that I had to go through just as a reporter that was going to be sitting down and talking to her was, was considerable. They don't, Secret Service, I don't care what the staffing is, you don't just get to walk in anywhere with an ex-president. That's BS. But Donnie, you're a military black woman. And Dr. Lake, you said that he was entrapped. Well, a former president shouldn't be so easily entrapped. I know one former president he wouldn't have been able to entrap, and that's President Obama, because he uses his brain. Well, let me use my brain and send us straight to a commercial break, because that's a smart thing to do. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul, and the Business of Being Black today are the trending and political highlights of the week. Let's get to this one. Last month, 25-year-old Shanquilla Robinson was allegedly murdered on a trip to Cabo she took with six of her friends. Robinson's death is being investigated as a femicide, uh, defined as the intentional murder of women because they are women. A video showing Robinson being beaten by a female member of the group she was traveling with went viral. Uh, her friends told her mother that she had died of alcohol poisoning. However, an official uh, autopsy report revealed that she suffered a broken neck and severe spinal cord injury. Mexican authorities are now seeking the arrest of an American woman who traveled with Robinson. What are your thoughts on this tragic story. Dominique, let's start with you on this one. It really is a, a very sad story. I feel, you know, the first thing you think is, know, know your friends, like know who your friends are. Um, you know, it, it, with friends like these, you don't need enemies. Um, it, it's, it's just terrible because 
of course, this could have gone unnoticed. They took her to another country. But now, you know, the um, alleged perpetrators, they, they want to extradite her to Mexico. Um, Mexico is very concerned because they don't want their tourist industry hurt by the fact that people aren't safe there. But this could have happened, you know, right down the street in, in this country as well, because it's about people that do not have your best interests at heart that are really willing to physically attack you um, and then try to cover their footprints with some dumb criminals that videotape themselves assaulting you and then try to say that you died from alcohol poisoning. And the mama said, didn't even have their story straight, but it, it just, it hurts my heart. Yeah. A lot of people uh, said exactly what you said, Dominique, in terms of knowing your friends, but there were there was a lot of backlash uh, for people saying that because they were calling it victim blaming. You know, how dare you blame her for not knowing who her friends are when it could have happened to any of us and perhaps uh, they just shouldn't have killed her? Could it though, Tammy? Could it? I, I don't mean to victim blame her. I'm not saying that. But I think a lot of times we hang out and we don't really think through who are, we have friends, we have acquaintances. Because people do go travel with other people that they don't know, um, you know, as well as they know their close-knit friends. Uh, people have travel groups that they just travel with yeah. sometimes. I have one. But again, if I don't, I don't see that happening to you. I, I guess you never can predict. It could happen to me. But I think the people that we're really close with we know their character and you know we were pretty well assured that they have our back alicia how do you feel about this one this is awful like and i'm i always say i'm a big proponent of pepper spray because like you all you definitely don't know i felt like i was like did they take this young lady there to do that to her because they weren't even there 24 hours and then they said, let's get undressed and get on, get put our swimsuits on. So now she's undressed and she gets attacked. So they said this young lady was 25 and she had owned multiple businesses. She was a success. And it seems like these other people were jealous of her. She was what we want in the youth. She was the best and the brightest. She was doing everything right. Uh, according to everybody who knew her, she was just such a sweet person. When they said they wanted her to fight, she said no because she was not a fighter. They knew all of this ahead of time. And what was done to that young lady is just, it's, it's so sad. And I, and I want more than one woman arrested and, 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 and sentenced, is kept in Mexico, because it was more than one person complicit in this situation. I even want the guy who videotaped. I want them all to go down, because this was absolutely unnecessary, and it was brutal, and it was vicious. I wonder if there will eventually be some type of law uh, for people who videotape um, acts as such and as opposed to uh, going to seek help. You know, because we live in this world now where everybody wants to start filming, but people have stopped helping and all like they do is to intervene. Yeah. Yeah. Ed? Yeah, I, I mean, the... To to everyone's point, I mean, uh, just a tragic situation, right? Um, I, you know, the the thought that that you go to a foreign country and, and you know to pick up where Dominique was on on sort of your friends, um, you know, who you travel with abroad is is a different caliber than who you would travel with, you know, to the game down the street. Um, you know how you end up, you know, in a in a situation where. Um, you know, the, the, the group has jumped on you and they're, they're beating you to death. Um, you know, it, it seems to me that um, it's just, honestly, it's just a tragic story. I think I'm really more interested in how does this extradition piece happen, right? I, you know, I think Mexico is going to want to see uh, some of the suspects extradited to Mexico um, and query how, you know, local authorities uh, respond to that. This is going to be such a high-profile case, given, to Dominique's point, the tourism, that uh, it'll be interesting to see how that, that happens. Yeah. Dr. Oleka? The only thing I want to contribute is based on what Dominique was saying, because I think it is very, very important. God rest this woman's soul. But I, I don't think it's victim blaming. I think it can be life saving. We got to know the, the company that we keep and where we go. We're talking about it because it's Mexico, but this could have been a frat party at a college. You go with friends, people who you think you know, but you don't really know. And then something awful happens to you. This could happen in high school. You go with a bunch of friends to a field party. 
and all of a sudden you end up missing because people weren't defending you. If there are multiple people that you are traveling with, you got to make sure one of those people is a ride or die because that literally might be the situation that you come down to. It's not victim blaming. I, I, it is a tragedy what happened to this young woman, but you got to know the company that you keep because it could save your life. Yeah, but I just keep saying, Dr. Oleka, like we meet people and this young woman was in her 20s, right? So she's not had 20 year friendships. She's only 20 something. So we meet people and we get to know them along the way. And during meeting them and getting to know them, some things that we do or we have dinners, we go out to parties and we travel with them. So it, it may be a little unjust to blame her for the friends she went to travel with. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, we teach her. our that's, children. That's what I'm saying it's it's not a blame to her. It, it is a a caution to people who are seeing this story. You may be 25. You may be 20. Look, maybe you don't need to go to the overseas trip with people that you met one year ago or two years ago if you're that young. I realize that you might miss out on that experience. But if this is concerning to you, which it should be, it's something at least to consider. Ed, you were going to say. point, it, it is a cautionary tale. I mean, you know, when you think about it, we teach our children not to get in cars with strangers. And, you know, it's it's a very similar dynamic. It's 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 a it's a cautionary tale to, to keep you from doing behavior. I mean, it, it doesn't change the, the the result of this incident, but hopefully future people are more mindful of who they travel with. Let's move yet to another woman, Brittany Griner, who has started her nine-year prison sentence at a penal colony in um, located several hundred miles from Moscow, where there are claims that she is facing homophobia and 16-hour work days. She could uh, face tedious manual work, poor hygiene, and lack of access to medical care as well. Now, a member of the Russian feminist protest and performance art group uh, who spent two years in a Russian penal state stated, I'm terrified that Brittany Griner was moved to IK2. It's one of the harshest colonies it is literally the harshest colony in the whole Russian prison system. President uh, Joe Biden, along with Elizabeth uh, Rood, uh, the deputy chief of mission at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow, acknowledged Griner's arrest as a miscarriage of justice. Even after an attempt to do a prisoner swap, there has been little success. How do we feel about this update? Dr. Oleka? Well, not good. I mean, my position on this is Brittany Griner is an American citizen. It, it is a painful thing whenever an American citizen is detained or imprisoned overseas. Obviously, again, to be consistent with the last story, she did do something illegal. It was something she shouldn't have done. But I want, I really hope that the Biden administration is doing everything they can to try to bring her home, to try to reach uh, some type of uh, agreement with the Russian government, because uh, I, I do not feel good, quite frankly, about how uh, she will end up over that time in nine years in that prison. Brittany Griner is in danger. There's no question about it. I mean, the homophobia, the racism in Russia is well documented. The fact that this particular prison is known to be extra problematic, it's really worrisome. And I think we need to keep talking about it. I'm glad you brought it up, Tammy Mack. I think we need to keep bringing it to the Biden administration's attention, even though they say they're doing all they can. It's our job to make sure that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll come back and get Alicia and Ed's thoughts on this. Uh, we'll be right back. Got to take a commercial break, y'all. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. If you are like me and you haven't finished all your holiday shopping yet, don't panic. We've got a secret source for incredible original gifts, and that's Uncommon Goods. UncommonGoods.com has the absolute best gifts for everyone in your life. We're talking about moms, dads, teens, in-laws, besties, your one and only. And it's not just stuff you can find anywhere. Uncommon Goods has unique and creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists and makers. So skip the gifts that scream last minute and find something truly original at UncommonGoods.com. Uncommon Goods looks for high-quality, unique products that you can't get anywhere. Uncommon Goods has something for everyone, from art and jewelry to cozy comforts to home goods. Trust, it's a one-stop shop. One gift that's a must-have for my family is the My Family 
cookbook. No more calling Aunt Rose every Christmas asking for her slamming shrimp and okra gumbo or Aunt Bernadine for her southern peach cobbler recipe. Oh, now is the time to round up all those delicious recipes for the family to cherish. This one is my favorite because I love new recipes and especially the ones that age well. Let this be the new staple in the family kitchen. And note... With each purchase, Uncommon Goods gives back $1 to a nonprofit of your choice. Yes, they've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash Tammy Mac. That's me. Uncommongoods.com slash Tammy Mac. That's uncommongoods.com slash Tammy Mac for 15 off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon goods. We're all out of the ordinary. It certainly wasn't an ordinary week in America last week. And we talk about it more next on the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today are the political and trending highlights of the week. Uh, when we last left, we talked about Brittany Griner being held in uh, the harshest prison colony in Russia. How do we feel about this, Ed? We didn't get your take. I think I, I echo what everyone else did. I, I would, I one, commend you, Tammy, for continuing to raise the issue, and, and it needs to be. Um, you know, I would also say that, you know, within the American media and abroad with its allies, there are a lot of supporters of, say, our prisoners of war, um, sort of the military side of, of the equation. And that that group, that that crowd needs to get engaged on this issue. Um, there's no doubt that that Brittany Griner is being held um, on some false pretenses. I mean, whether or not she smoked weed, a nine-year sentence in a penal colony is is clearly excessive. But we need to hear more from from other segments of our society. Yeah, yeah, and we know that she's even popular in Russia because we were looking at that photograph that just popped up, uh, the video of her. All of the press are there. So it's quite interesting. They they know exactly who she is and probably what they're doing. Alicia? Yeah, they definitely know who she is and what they're doing, and they're going to deter anybody else from ever doing that. You will not see anybody coming over there with any vape cartridges because they take stuff above and beyond. You know, America is completely different than these places. I'm sure tourism has to be down, and it's very unfortunate. Um, I, I feel so badly for her. I watched Locked Up Abroad for years, so I already knew the kind of deplorable conditions you get in other countries. And all I can do is hope that she doesn't have to do nine. Mm. And what were they thinking news? Luxury fashion brand Balenciaga has found itself embroiled in a bizarre series of controversies related to two of their campaigns. So one ad included a child model standing with a teddy bear that was wearing black leather and chains that many compared to BDSM apparel. BDSM is a sex term for a variety of sexual practices that include bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, uh, and the list goes on and on. The other ad include a pile of legal documents, one of which included the text of a Supreme Court decision related to child pornography. After the document related to child pornography was pointed out by people on Twitter, fashion industry uh, commenter Diet Prada and Fox News quickly picked up the story. Mm. Balenciaga has since apologized and removed the disturbing images from its campaign. Many celebrities are being criticized for their silence on the Balenciaga scandal. However, Kim Kardashian, a longtime ambassador of the brand, posted a statement on her social media saying that she will be reevaluating her relationship with them. Sources close to Kim say that she rejected an offer to do a 2023 Balenciaga uh, campaign and is ditching Balenciaga outfits she was uh, set to wear at any upcoming events and balenciaga has filed a 25 million dollar lawsuit against north six the production company who created the ad because they're blaming it all on that production company uh, for being responsible for the spring ad featuring the Supreme Court documents. However, a rep for the company told the New York Post the North Six had no creative control over the content of the ad. And they even said Balenciaga representatives were there at the shoot. So what are your thoughts on this social 
scandal. Ed. You know, it's 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 definitely page six stuff, but you know, in <laughs> right. the, the I mean, look, you I think you're looking at an industry where um trying to be the the latest, uh, most stunning, most shocking. Uh, uh, I, I keep thinking about Boomerang as you were talking about. I was thinking about that character in Boomerang, you know, oh, and how yes. shocking he was. Grace uh, Jones, uh, yes. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but you know, at some point you get to this, right, where someone puts something out that's offensive. But you know, you would thought that the line of of, of sort of sexualizing children wouldn't have been crossed, but but clearly it has. And I think you're seeing it in other instances across the world as well. Really? Do uh, please do tell. You know, I, I don't track this sort of stuff, but I mean, I, I think the 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 when you start looking at you know, trafficking of of women, trafficking of women, uh, uh, children around the world. We do have an issue with sort of this predatory um, um, fetish isn't the right word of of how people are approaching children. Um, and you know, I don't know that it's major brands. I shouldn't I shouldn't have in, uh, intimated that it was major brands, but mm-hmm. um, you know, there is this ongoing question of of how we you know as a society deal with sexualizing children. Yeah, Alicia. Yeah, and it took uh, Kim Kardashian six days and a stomping from a right winger to say anything at all. And I don't even understand where, where, why would you even think that this was a campaign that should be approved, uh, Balenciaga? And nobody's going to be shooting something that wasn't wasn't approved by somebody for Balenciaga. So they better find a person and round them up and 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 fire them because that was a swing and a miss. And when it comes to children, you have to be extremely careful. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, but at work, we're talking about them. And I think sometimes that's that's the benefit, is that everybody starts talking. Yeah, yeah. They say uh, no. (laughs) bad press is good press. So are we there? Are we this far in where bad press is good press? Or will Balenciaga be canceled? Or do average everyday people even care about Balenciaga or is it only the Kim Kardashians and yay West of the world, Dominique? Well, they have to have some customers, whether they're billionaires, millionaires, or regular people who really can't afford what they make. But I think it's a little deeper. I don't think this is just one mess up. If you look at their director of creative, if they've had other scandals around child pornography, there's, they, they've been quoted saying things like they, they were raised on child pornography. Caring, which is the parent company of Balenciaga, they own a lot of uh, different brands, including Gucci. The owner of that also owns an auction house that sells child pornography blow-up dolls that are incredibly disturbing. I think Ed is right that it's all about being cutting edge and shocking and this and that, but it gets to the point where you're satanic, a horrific um, criminal, uh, and and I don't think it's a one-off. I think it is a, a problem So why don't people know about this information that you're sharing with us now, Dominique? This is crazy. Nobody knows about that. That hasn't gone viral. If it wasn't for this scandal, I wouldn't have known about it. What makes what makes us look at a company like this, you know, and give them the side eyes when something like this happens? But I think um, it's absolutely true that what Alicia said, there's no way Balenciaga just lets a production company do a campaign. Image is there, everything. That is what they sell. It's their stock and trade. There's a lot of little weird secret stuff that super rich people do that we don't know about, but we find out about it only in scandal. Yeah. Dr. Oleka. I think this is ugly. I think it's disgusting. I think it's gross. I agree with Dominique 100%. I think there is a massive problem in our society today where people want to sexualize children for whatever reason. This is not cutting edge. This is perversion. This is perverted behavior. Absolutely. Ugly. This is gross. And I think that everybody needs to come out and say how awful this is. What kind of company are you? where you think that the way that you should make money and build your brand is to sexualize children. And that is right. This is not just Balenciaga. This is Netflix that showed that documentary or that movie from France that had kids being sexualized in it as well. This is a massive problem in the culture today. And I think that people who care about kids, you ask if regular people care about this, regular people have kids. 
This could be their kid. If they want to get their kid into an opportunity to be in a show or be in a movie, and this happens, regular people need to stand up and fight against this kind of disgusting behavior that goes on around the world. LeBron James recently addressed the media on the lack of Jerry Jones questions compared to following Kyrie's anti-Semitic controversy. Take a look at this. The whole Jerry Jones situation photo, it seemed like it's just been buried under like, oh, it happened. Okay, we just, we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. I was a little disappointed myself as a member of the media. <laughs> Dominique, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I think he's right. We got to keep that same energy about anti-blackness. We got to keep that same energy in holding accountable politicians, corporations, and rich people uh, and, and, you know, in every walk of life. And, and it does seem to, that there's a double standard for black men. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come right back to hear our other panelists' thoughts on LeBron James calling out the media for not asking him any questions about Jerry Jones. We'll be back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack in the Business of Being Black today are the political and trending highlights of the week. When we last left the show, we were talking about LeBron James' comments to the press. He actually turned the tables on him and said, look at here, look at here, oh, boy, look at here. I got a question for you. He said, I was wondering why you guys haven't asked me any questions about Jerry Jones. What? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? But when when the uh, Kyrie Irving thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with some power and a, a platform, when we do something wrong or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid. Dr. OJ. Well, I would imagine they probably didn't ask him because he doesn't play football. I don't know how the other uh, news outlets took this uh, Kyrie Irving story. I don't know if they asked football players or hockey players or other folks who just didn't play the sport about uh, Kyrie and what he was doing. Also, LeBron James played with Kyrie Irving, so there's a unique connection there that I think is different. Look, I don't think anybody should defend. I'm certainly not defending what Jerry Jones did in 1957. It's also 1957, 65 years ago. I think if you wanted to attack Jerry Jones, you could probably find something more recent. And if you can't, then you probably shouldn't be bringing this up as a story now. I mean, these kinds of things happen. That's a great point, Dr. Olega. That, that is a great point. We could probably find something more recent. But I, I, I do disagree with the point that they asked Kyrie. I mean, they asked LeBron the question because Kyrie was a former player with him and is a basketball player. They asked LeBron James all kinds of questions all of the time related to social issues. They, they probably shouldn't. <laughs> But they, but they do. They do. Uh, this one, they kind of glossed over. They're like, ah. I mean, they've asked him, they've even asked him questions about the, the Cowboys before. So this is not, I mean, LeBron is who he is, and they don't just ask him basketball questions. He's walked out a couple of times because they don't just ask him basketball questions. Uh, Dominique, were you about to say something? I was just going to say it's also part of a continuum. If I was at a KKK rally or beating up kids that were trying to integrate schools in Little Rock way back in the day, and I'm profiting from a sport that is dependent on black talent, I would have made a statement about that many years ago without having to have it exposed through an old photo. I would have said, I did something terrible as a child and I regret it now. But no, it's till it comes out and now everyone says, oh, but he was only 14. It's part of a continuum of white supremacist thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, precisely. Uh, listen, Emmett Till was only 14 and no one's given him retribution yet. Uh, Alicia? Yeah, I'm just, I hate the whole, this was so long ago, we shouldn't be talking about it. They will still jail 100-year-old Nazis, as they should. It doesn't matter how much time has gone by. And Jerry Jones, it just gets on my nerves with Stephen A. Smith taking up for him so full-throatedly, saying that he, well, he you can't prove that that makes him a white supremacist. Well, what we do know is he was, a, he was upholding white supremacy then, and he's upholding white supremacy now. What people don't tell you about the whole story is, yeah, that happened in 1957, but because of Jerry Jones and his ilk, that school wasn't desegregated until 1965, eight years later. They don't tell you that those kids in that photo were beaten by the teenagers and the adults that day. And Stephen wants to say he was just standing there, yeah, genius, because it was a still photo. What I would like to have happen next 
is for the people who are videotaped because you see some of them in the still photo. Let's get some of the video and let's see the rest of what Jerry Jones was doing. Because I don't believe he was this innocent little 14-year-old just being curious. He was on the top of that. He was in the scrum. He was upholding that mess. And all he had to say was in 1957, I did something that was wrong and I apologize. Once I knew better, I did better. Everybody was like, hi, Jerry, hi, Jerry. But all that, I'm so innocent, I was too dumb to know, that doesn't fly. I don't care how many years ago it was. And that's, to me, it makes sense why he's never had a black head coach. Listen, I will say I will say this. Um, no one could have predicted uh, Twitter to happen. Right. And so he would have had no reason to acknowledge this photo. Uh, but for uh, the advent of social media, Dr. Oleka, did you have something you wanted to get in real quick? Well, I mean, look, I would love to see the cataloged list of everything that everyone on this panel did when they were a teenager that is now deemed offensive, wrong awful in some way to compare what jerry jones did to the nazis who were responsible for the holocaust no i wasn't no i wasn't i wasn't comparing what he did what i was saying was don't use the old trope of too much time is paced that's what i was talking about i was talking about yes that was done a long time ago too and they should still suffer retribution that's i want to see the list of everybody in that photo that's what i want to see let name names i want to know everybody in the photo No, Tammy Mack, and, and, and this is why. Again, I go back to the point. This was 65 years ago. And is there in the me, Congress? Let me follow this point. <laughs> They're on the police force. There are 65 years, a full lifetime of work for Jerry Jones and for anybody else involved in that photo. I think it is the wrong message in the culture, again, to go back and look through everybody's lives, especially when they were 14 years old, and say, let's cancel these people entirely and completely. It doesn't make any sense. People have made all kinds of wrong decisions in their lives. I, and to sit here and say, let's cancel everybody because they're- But, 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 I gotta get Ed in here, go ahead, Ed. Uh, no, I mean, but this isn't a cancel thing, uh, you know, and, and, and to play it off like it's it's a cancel thing. This, this is an important moment in American history, right? And to play it off as though he was, oh, I'm a curious 14-year-old doesn't doesn't even come close to to characterizing this. And you have to understand, like, Southern culture, right? We've all seen the photos of African-Americans being lynched in the South, right? And these huge Southern white crowds coming and having picnics. That was the culture of this. You know, when you start to see the crowd that assembled, adults and kids, coming to the school to keep Blacks out of the school, that is the basis of white nationalism. What he was participating in was being a terrorist. This was a domestic terror event and keeping kids out of a school. And and you can't just gloss over that and say, well, that was 65 years ago. You know, no, you were part of that. And, you know, look, if I'm Jerry Jones, I, it's on me now to explain how I, I was at an event like that and then have evolved in, in my thinking. That's not what you're, what you're hearing. It is definitely it, it is definitely within in his power and position today to denounce racism. Uh, when President Barack Obama was running for president, he had to denounce his participation and his friendship with a pastor uh, because he had joined the church years ago. Uh, of, and because the pastor had said some things years ago. And so I think at the least, Jerry Jones could publicly denounce racism and denounce uh, inequality in America. And, and at the what, least, at the least. I have to move on, Alicia. I have to move on. I have to move on. Um, a couple finally tied the knot after dating for 15 years. And let's just say, let you know, let's. Let's put a little light. Let's share a little light on some things here. You know, we got a little heavy. Let's let's go ahead and shed some light. After 15 years, the couple was together. And let's just say the bride had to let it be known that she has been waiting for quite some time for this day. The look on his face. Can we run that again by any chance? Because the look on his face when she blew that dust off those vows is just crazy. Uh, would you wait that long, Alicia? Absolutely no. And I can't stand. I, I have a term called long suffering. 
and I just do not like these long-suffering situations. 15 years later, she should have moved on. Or, or by now, we can do a Kurt Russell Goldie Hawn where we just stay, uh, we just date. They've been together since 1983, and that's what we do. I think they're secretly married, though. In my heart, <laughs> I feel like they're secretly married. Ed, would you make your woman wait this long, 15 years? No, I, I wouldn't. But, you know, everyone's relationship timing is different. I think <laughs> he was a good sport about that. Um, <laughs> that was something else. I hadn't seen that before. <laughs> I tell you what, she was taking a risk blowing that dust off. He probably would be like, I think I need to wait another 15 years. You ain't ready. Dominique? No, I don't think I would wait 15 years. But you know what? Maybe it maybe it was well. Apparently, it wasn't mutual. I mean, you might have to wait fifteen years for me at this point because I'm not trying to tie them up. <laughs> Doctor Oleka. Well, Alicia said long suffering. That's a biblical term. It's a fruit of the spirit. Maybe this was just God's plan. We don't we don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Sammy, Sammy, you make me wait that long. That dust gonna be anthrax. <laughs> oh my goodness, not the anthrax. So listen, I I, I want to take this time right now, uh, first of all, to thank my Friday co-hosts, Ed Sanders, Alicia Cooper, Dominic DePrima, and Dr. O.J. Oleka for being a part of the conversation. But I especially want to say uh, thank you to Dr. O.J. Oleka and announce that today is his last appearance on The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack as he is running for state treasurer. And I want to say to you, Dr. Oleka, from my heart, I have learned so much from you on this show. And I thank you, my brother. I learned about Nigeria. I learned how to honestly assess American politics using information from both sides of the aisle. I learned more. I, I learned more than anything how to keep cool under pressure when stating my position, not just politically, but this is translated even to my marriage. So I thank you for that, Dr. Oleka. And, um, you know, I, I now know you don't have to be loud to be heard. And I thank you, Dr. Oleka, for being that example for me. What I love most about you is that you are my only panelist who referred to our viewers as soulmates consistently. And for that, I thank you. You really are an amazing person, amazing guest host, and I wish nothing more for you than to win, 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 no matter what. Got money on your mind because you're running for the treasurer. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll miss you, good doctor. And until next time, uh, you know, I wish you nothing but the best. You want to talk about it? Well, I just want to say thank you to you, Tammy Mack. You have been an incredible host of this show. I also have learned a lot from you. I have learned how to put up with uh, an unruly gang of folks, including myself, uh, but also how to make light and have joy in any situation, regardless of how serious uh, or how fun it may be. That is an incredible use for me as I get this campaign on the road. Uh, and to my fellow colleagues, I appreciate everything that you all have given me as well. Uh, it has made me, I think, a better candidate, certainly made me better in defending my own positions uh, to work with such great people who keep me on my toes and make sure that I'm sharp with what I am doing. And of course, to the soulmates, you can certainly keep up with my campaign uh, Oleka for KY.com. We'd love to have you all participate and join the team. Uh, but also it's important that I've said from day one, I will say uh, on this last day, I want to be a different kind of Republican than what some of you might be used to. What I'm looking for is a new generation of Republicans who can bring in new voters to the Republican Party. I think there are a lot of people out there who have Republican principles, uh, but are Democrat and party. I want to bring you all over to our side. I think I can be a Republican that can make people proud, make people excited to vote for me, and I'm excited to tell my story all across Kentucky. Oh, thank you so much. I keep saying Kentucky because when you said KY, the only thing I could think of was jelly. Um, no, 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 please do not think about that. I've read the bill. I've read the bill. I've read the bill. I've read the bill, right? Dominique, uh, you know, your nemesis, you have anything to say to him? sparring with you, um, Dr. O.J. Oleka, and it'll be weird calling you Treasurer Oleka because I'm pretty convinced that you will win. Um, but I think it's been enlightening for all, and it, it's great to have people that you can disagree with consistently and still have a congenial relationship. I think that's what America needs. We have to learn how to disagree without disrespect, and certainly you've been a role model of that. And uh, I wish you the best. I'm going to miss uh, sparring with you every, every couple of weeks. Yeah, he, he always have his facts together, but to Dominique, there is fiction.
Also, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you he was running for office. You did. You did say that. You called yeah. it. The, but we thought it was president, didn't we, Senator? What do we think? Yeah, that's coming. Yeah, yeah. Alicia. Yeah, we're going to miss you, Dr. Olaka. I'm already having withdrawal. So if you need a treasurer's <laughs> assistant, I'll come on down to KY. <laughs> Jelly. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I, look, I, I'm going to echo what, what my colleagues say in, in, in that, you know, congratulations on, on the challenge that you're embarking on. You know, the the idea of public service is an important one, um, you know, as as you give your life to the service of people. I, I hope you keep, um, you know, the, the people of Kentucky at the forefront. It has been an absolute joy and honor, right, to, to, to joust with you on some of these issues on a, on a weekly basis. Um, you know, I, I hope that I, well, I should say I've learned from you. I hope that you have learned from us, uh, you know, in the end game, you know, Tammy Mack, you've been a, a phenomenal host in hosting this conversation around politics because we're not this one monolith of a people, right? And to Dominique's point, we can all um, come together, have a, a heated conversation, but still be uh, on good spirits and good terms afterwards. So best of luck to you, OJ. Yeah, Dr. OJ, you are a very good example of how you can agree to disagree and still have fun and laugh together at the same time. So I think uh, you will serve us well as treasurer of Kentucky. You will also serve us well as senator if you ever wanted to go that route. And you will serve us well as president of the United States, although I don't believe that these <laughs> panelists will vote for you for some reason or another, <laughs> Dr. Olenka. Thank you so much for being who you are, and I appreciate you and keep in touch. It does not just have to be through this panel, and it doesn't just have to be through the business of being black with Tammy Mack. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. New on Curiosity Stream. Across the globe, coral reefs are dying, but not without a fight. Scientists discover a new heat-resistant super reef. What's its secret we can use to save the rest? It's breakthrough reefs of hope. And humanity's future, a thriving multi-planet species, or will AI run the show? See how today's choices in technology and science may seal our fate on 10 seconds to the future. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. And for a limited time, get 40% off our annual plan. That's just a dollar a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.